all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello everyone, welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. This is your host, Joseph Brownie. Welcome everybody. Hope and a future. Hope and a future. What does that mean to you? How do you feel? What what does that do to you when you hear me say hope and a future? Or just, if I just say hope and future, what is hope to you? Do you have hope anymore? Anybody that's listening to me, do you still have hope? And I'm going to break it down in uh, a couple of two different type of categories of hope. One is uh, eternal. Well, both of them are eternal. But both of them is not hope. Both of them are eternal. Hope. Hope. Let me just, one of the hope is eternal security. That's for the believer. The church. The body of Christ. That's our main hope. If you are saved. If you are a Christian. That's our, our hope. We thrive on hope. Not on, not on this earthly dwelling. But in our future home. Our future house, which is heaven, the heavenly places. As 
as a believer, that should be our number one focus, our hope. See? Now, not hope as you hope you get there, or maybe you'll get there, or you have hope to get there. No, our hope is guaranteed. We stand on hope. In other words, I can't, I hope it happens soon. <laughs> I hope Jesus come get me right away. I hope he get me out of this mess soon. That's what I'm talking about. Not that it's not going to happen. See, you, you see what I'm talking about? The Bible talks about what is the most important thing today under grace. Hope, charity, out of the King James Version, which is love and faith. See, that's something to hold on to, and that's something. Okay, let's look at the other side. What is your hope for the unbeliever? What's your hope and future if you're not saved? Now, it may be, I hope I get myself together, I stop sinning, and then I'm going to get saved. I hope I can go to heaven. See, you don't have to talk about the future because if you are hoping to make it to heaven, whatever way you think you can get to heaven, because you have many people think there's many ways to heaven, an open winfrey way of looking at many ways to heaven. People have hope in that based on what they do, based on their, their good works and stuff like that. The majority of the people have that type of hope. These are the, the, uh, the self-made or self-conditioned I call Christians. Their hope is something that I can do, whether it's giving things away or helping a poor or being nice to people or whatever like that. Their hope is based on, man, I hope I'll be good enough to make it to heaven, which also is my future. You see the difference. You see the difference in the hopes. I don't hope to make it to heaven. I know by faith I'm going to make it to heaven. The only difference is what my hope, I hope it happens soon. <laughs> see, that's what my faith in that hope is, you know. Why the self-made Christians or the New Agers or the law of attraction people or the Catholicism type of belief or whatever like that, you know, they place their hope on what they can do to get to heaven. They hope they're good enough to get to heaven, which will make it their future. So they look at it very differently than the body of Christ, the church. You understand what I'm saying? So hope and future. I'm talking about future eternity. Not on earth. I'm not talking about hope on earth. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. We hope to do things on earth to better ourselves. Yes, that's that's cool. Or we might hope for a better career or start a business in the future. Yes, but that's not eternity. That's not everlasting. That's not eternity. So the hope I'm talking about, which is most important at all, is spiritual eternity, where you're going to spend the rest of your life. I started off earlier talking about what believers hope for. Nobody on this earth in their right mind, they might say it in their right mind, hope to go to hell. Nobody in their right mind, emphasis on right mind, is not going around saying, I hope I burn in hell. They might have a different definition of what hell is about because of their upbringing. They think they're going to have a good time in hell and whatever like that. They're going to be celebrating with their, their God, Satan, whatever like that. You have 
to certain worships and stuff like that, talk like that. You also have some people think they're going to be able to hang around and survive in hell. So it depends. Depends on your definition of hell. Let me add something else to it. The majority of the people only focus on hell or Hades, whatever you want to call it. And you don't hear too many people talking about the final destination is the lake of fire. Or fire and brimstone. The final destination is not hell. The final destination is the lake of fire. But you don't hear devil worshippers or Satanism talking about that. They think that's why they think hell is going to be a party. They bypass Satan has blinded them of thinking hell is the final stop, which they're not even going to be make they're not going to be able to make it there either. But you don't hear many people, not even the church, talk about the final destination. For the unsaved unbelievers, it's the lake of fire, not hell. Hell is like you in jail. The lake of fire is your sentence of prison for the life. That's how you have to look at it. The final destination for the unbeliever is the lake of fire. The final destination for the believer is the heavenly places. You see? Which one sounds better to you? Suffering eternally and the lake of fire? Or living and glory and the new bodies, perfect bodies, immoral bodies, getting a reward. And that's 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 all I can say about heaven because the Bible does not talk about the heavenly places. You say yes, it does. It talks about the pearly days, the gates in the streets of gold, Joe. That's heaven. No, that's the kingdom on earth. See, that's the kingdom on earth. Oh, you know, the kids gonna be playing with the snakes and lions and now. That's the kingdom on earth. That's during the millennium reign of Christ. Now, I'm not saying there would not be you no know, uh, animals and stuff in the heavenly places. Matter of fact, I, I think it's going to be much better in the heavenly places, but that's just my opinion. What you read about heaven in the Bible is the kingdom of heaven, what Israel will reign. The thousand year millennium. See, do you hear about the fullness of times and stuff like that? That's the that the Bible gives more definition of the kingdom of heaven on earth, and all through the prophets Ezekiel, Isaiah, Daniel, you know Zechariah, many Jesus, you know talks about the heavenly places what's going to be happening in the millennium kingdom. That's the heaven on earth. That's for Israel and the other kingdoms that's going to be able to enter into it. Gentile nations, you understand that. The definition you are talking about is the millennium kingdom reign and stuff like that. That's what are you talking about? The open gates, the pearly gates, yes, that's the fullness of times, whatever like that. The Bible does not put too much visual, cosmetic look on the heavenly places. Maybe because we cannot understand it, we can't comprehend it anyway. We don't know the real definition of beauty anyway. So where are we going to dwell as the church, the body of Christ in the heavenly places? The Bible does not put too much on that. The only, you have you get a taste of that with the cherubims and the seraphims and the angels and the stuff like that. And you know, and you hear stories, you know, you hear about Paul when Paul went up to the third heaven, and the things he had heard, he was not allowed to speak of, or the things that he heard was just too too amazing, or a, a, a human being cannot fathom what Paul heard in the heavenly places, if you put it in a, a paraphrased way. So you get those little, little 
crumbs of the heavenly places. And I think maybe God done that because a human psyche, our finite mind, cannot comprehend how the heavenly places go look anyway. But it gives you symbolic and a lot of definition of what's going to be going on on the earth, kingdom on earth. You see, there will be two programs, two dwellings. I'll just remember that. I don't have time to get into a, a lot of that now. But when it comes to hell and the lake of fire, both the body of Christ will be uh, involved in a judgment, but it's called the judgment seat of Christ or the beamer seat of Christ. We will not be judged for our sins. We will not be judged on salvation. We will be judged on what we've done with our bodies and what rewards that will be given to us in every place. It's like a reward. Many of us will get different type of rewards. Some maybe will get none, but that does not mean they're not saved. Okay, it just means that will be a reward set. It's called the beamer seat of Christ, the judgment seat. The great white throne judgment is for the unsaved. The second resurrection of death like that, whoever's left out. There is no lawyer for you. There's nothing. You're just guilty. So you'll be poured out of your dwelling place. Hell. See, even at that time, hell and death would be through in the lake of fire. Also, all evil and rebellious things against God will be through in the lake of fire, of fire and brimstone during that era. That's the end of an era. The, the heaven will be destroyed. The old heaven and new earth will be destroyed. Eternity and eternities begins after that. There will be no more time and errors or nothing like that. That's That will be the foreverness. No error, no years, no times. That's the hope that the body of Christ is looking forward to. Not wishing for, looking forward to. The other side is much, much gloomier. The tribulation period that most of the people will not be able to get through. The great white throne judgment. If you make it through there or the ones that die before, they must face the great white throne judgment. They will be through in the lake of fire, which is the final destination. They will not be able to die. Remember, because death is going to be tucking away. So they will not be able to die. So they will feel pain and torture and suffering for the rest of their life. And there will be different levels. So they will, it, it will get worse and worse and harder and harder. And they're going to be crying to die, but they're not going to be able to die. Do you want that type of vision and future? Or do you want to have new places? I'm going to leave you with that. God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Love you all. Hope and future. What do you think about that?
all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. Henson Shaving.com slash holiday.